0: So I wasn't really in the best shape of my life until after I had kids, which is probably shocking to some people, but something clicked. Things change, and like you said, your why. Like, what's your why? Why are you doing things? It's probably because of my husband and kids. Like, I want to be able to run around with them and throw ball and play football with them and be able to tackle them, and... You're never too old to learn something. Don't be average, don't settle, and just get after it. Be a force to be reckoned with.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Handbook, your guide to life, leadership, and health. I am your host, Gene Reed, and that quote you just heard, that's our guest for episode number eight, Lauren Oreskovich. She is a mother, police officer, fitness enthusiast, and new Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Now, I'll say this, Lauren doesn't have some of the same upper echelon ranks, titles, certificates that some of our previous guests have had. However, she has inspired and motivated more people than she'll probably ever realize, to include myself. So Lauren had a stark career change later on in her life when she decided to become a police officer. And like I said, she's a fitness enthusiast, which is really an understatement because Lauren is probably one of the more physically fit people that I've ever met. And she's been able to maintain that while being a police officer, while working shift work, having a great relationship with her husband, taking care of her two kids, All of that mixed into one, and that's kind of the journey we go down today. I wanted to sit down with Lauren, get to know her background a little bit more, understand how this career change came to be, and how she still finds the time, and and what's her driving factor for being the person that she is. So, I hope everyone enjoys it, and as always, if you learn something, share something. All right, you ready? Sure. You know, you're the first guest that actually brought a notebook. So <laughs> this will be episode eight. I'm impressed. I like it. It's too big for, you Yours know. It's just
0: too small. So, no, you know, I can one, carry this around. Medium, like in the middle. Well, oh, I have a purse that's perfectly in there.
1: Okay. Well, I don't carry a purse. So that's good. Uh, Larna Rezkovich, mom, police officer, fitness enthusiast. And I'm going to throw in there new jujitsu practitioner. Yes. That sums you up. Podcast over. Good? Good. <laughs> Do you want to tell everybody what we did yesterday?
0: Uh, unfortunately, I gave in to the request of doing a mile of lunge steps, which sounds terrible on paper, but it wasn't too bad. That's right. Um, it wasn't that bad. Able to walk today. So that's always a plus. Yeah. And you worked and out this am, morning. And I love to tell about it. So,
1: yeah. Honestly, like scale one to 10, what did you think of it? 10 being like, 10 being you couldn't do it.
0: About four. But yeah. I'm so crazy, so.
1: Yeah, you are a little different. You know what's really crazy is uh, Kibble House who was there.
0: Yeah, he marched around that like, no problem.
1: Totally unfazed. I'll say this, though. So I did that last week. It took me like an hour and six minutes. We did more than a mile, by the way. Because my watch said a mile and we were under an hour. And then we finished out because we wanted to do the full four laps. So I think we did. It it turned out about the same time. It was like an hour, five minutes.
0: About an hour. We stopped, chatted a little bit.
1: Yeah. That was a blistering pace. I think to do a mile of lunges in under an hour is uh, pretty impressive.
0: No, it was good, especially in the cold, wet rain. So
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the wet rain did not help at all. I actually have a little blister on my foot. All right. I want to start with you like chronologically. Because you do a lot of stuff going on, and I think it's easier for everyone to kind of get a hold on where you're coming from with what we're going to talk about. So, uh, where'd you grow up? Northeast Philly. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you grew up in South Jersey.
0: Everyone thinks. Everyone calls me a Jersey girl, and definitely not a Jersey girl.
1: Yeah. All right, so you grew up in Northeast Philly.
0: Yeah, actually not too far from Brian Grant, which ironically, he's come into my life as far as jujitsu and uh, with the county, so...
1: How long did you stay there?
0: Eighteen years, and I moved to. Oh wow!
1: I didn't know uh, that
0: Delaware County, where went to school at Newman College, now Newman University, which I just found out that you also went there.
1: That's right, Uh, but I didn't really. Years
0: later, though.
1: Yeah, but I did everything online anyway. I got my bachelor's and master's there. That's a nice school, though. I like a lot of people from the town that I grew up in went to Newman. I think nursing is their big thing, right? Correct. What'd you go there for?
0: Sport management. Which I would not recommend to anyone to get a major in sport management unless you're going to work for the Flyers, Sixers, or professionally. But at the time, I thought it was cool to major in sports and it was something I was passionate about. But here I am in law enforcement now, so it has nothing to do with uh, what I majored in.
1: So, what is sport management like? What kind of classes did you have? Like, what were you actually doing?
0: Facility management. So, if you want to work for the, like I said, the Comcast Spectacore um that sort of thing and pretty much imagine sports you're either a facility manager or you're in sales or marketing it is what it is it's pretty much the business side of sports
1: and that's why you got your bachelor's degree in correct what did you do you stop after that i did did you play any sports there
0: i did i played ice hockey i want to go
1: back uh and where'd you go to high school
0: saint hubert's it's a catholic school in philadelphia all-girls school I played soccer for them at the Interesting. time. And then probably my freshman year, I played for Father Judge, which is the brother school to St. Hubert's.
1: Did you play anything else other than soccer?
0: In softball, but not in high school. Like growing up, I played soccer, hockey, and softball. Um, in high school, I played soccer and hockey. I hockey six months out of the year, so it's a, probably the longest season out of all the sports. My sophomore year is pretty much... I had to choose. I was working part-time, going to school, also playing, and there was a conflict of schedules. But I'm a goalie for ice hockey, so you can't really miss the game. Like, you really need to be there. So at that time, I'm like, all right, well, hockey's my way of life right now. Uh, Applied for Newman or applied to Newman. um, Start playing. Tried out for them. Made a team. Played all four years. Ice hockey.
1: How'd you get started in ice hockey? Because My I older don't know. Played. Oh, I don't know anybody that played ice hockey.
0: My older brother played, who's nine years older than me.
1: Okay. So, so you just played growing up? Correct. Isn't it like an ice hockey where I mean the practices are super early in the morning? Is that common? Sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, probably when I was growing up, it was there was we played. I it's Flyer Skate Zone of and now, but it was called Twin Ranks of and Four thirty on a Saturday morning for Father Judge because it's the only time they could get ice, and you're sharing it with the team. But
1: what's an ice hockey practice look like? It might sound like a silly question, but like I, I have no like to take basketball for example. I grew up playing basketball, so cardio is doing suicides, sixteens, like all that kind of stuff. Is there? Do you are you doing the ice hockey like sprinting up and down the ice?
0: You are a lot of the times like you might start out just skating around in circles, shooting, warming up the goalie. Um, it also depends on the coach. Like my college coach growing up was like a lot of flow through. You're not stopping. Like you're just going to keep going. There's not a lot of standing around in most of the drills, which is good because it's an hour and a half of skating. Yeah. There are the conditioning, like prior to the season starting, you're getting your legs back under you. It's a lot of suicides, um, like, yeah, just a lot of conditioning. And then throughout the year, you're just trying to maintain that because you're not trying to get hurt or hurt anybody. So you should already be there with your conditioning, but then you're just looking to sustain that throughout the season.
1: How'd the position of goalie come to you? Was that just because you were a goalie for your older brother growing off?
0: <laughs> no, he was a goalie. So, oh. of course, every little kid wants to be a goalie. The equipment's fun. Yeah. So I started out playing street hockey because in the city, middle class there's not a lot of ice rinks. I think Tarkin, which is uh, Department of Recreation for Philadelphia, they had a bunch of them um, just around the area go there. It's an, it was an outdoor rink. So it's really only open for the winter months. But I think I started playing hockey when I was eight, like street hockey. I grew up right down the street from uh, Roosevelt Playground. I could just walk down there. So goalies are hard to come by even still these days. But I'd probably come home from school, grab my bag, go down, start playing hockey. Um, People skate up the street, knock on my door. Hey, we need a goalie. Can you jump in? Sure. So just and then probably when I was 12, I'm like, well, can't play street hockey my whole life growing up. (laughs) Should probably learn how to ice skate and throw the pads on. So I start playing at Tarkin. I was 14, but they let me play in the. The lower league, it was like ten to twelve year olds, but the next league was thirteen to seventeen year olds. Well, trying to get blasted by a slap shot by a seventeen year old, and I'm just learning how to play. Probably not the best. Big difference for like uh, Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you got like obviously pretty competitive in it. What's the tryout look like for Newman?
0: Um,
1: Is Newman known for ice hockey?
0: Not really, but the men's team did win the national championship really? for D3 in, I believe, 2009.
1: Okay. So when you tried out, how many people tried out?
0: God, this is a long time ago. Um, probably like 40 girls from the surrounding area. The men's team's completely different. Like the men's team, 22 year old Canadian guys who may not have made Division one because they can't pass the clearinghouse for. Like, and they're growing up on a farm. Like, right. they're pretty much there to play hockey and and to uh, stay there and then just work in the major cities around here because of the tri-state area that we live in. But the girls, it's more, there's not a lot of girls that played ice hockey, so they were going there because they were recruited to play.
1: I got you. Did you get any money, any scholarship?
0: No. So for Division 3 you're not allowed to, there's no scholarships. It's okay. pretty much Division one. so anything would be, like, uh, like the Presidential Scholarship, which I'm pretty sure everyone gets that, Yeah. like $1,000 off of their tuition. Um, I did get the Brendan Kelly Scholarship. Are you familiar? Nope. So um, he was a well-known basketball player. Um, he died of a brain aneurysm, like, early on. So it's um, family and friends who were really involved in that scholarship, and it's yeah. a sports scholarship. So I applied for that and was able to get that scholarship.
1: How was it being a student-athlete? Were you fine, like, balancing that?
0: I was. And I was also working part time. So it's not as division three is not as crazy as division one. Like you're still at the rank, like two o'clock every day. You're still expected either to work out or um, be in the weight room for ice training. So your classes are pretty much dictated around your your schoolwork. So, like, you know that you can only take class from like eight to one be at the rink by 145, practice starts at 215, you're there until 515 for off-ice training, home or back to your dorm doing your your schoolwork, and then if you have a part-time job, which most people do.
1: How so was your I coach?
0: Around
1: Did you have the same coach throughout?
0: Uh, my freshman year, I had a, a, a women's coach um, or female, and then two years... The undergrad assistant, um, he became the head coach. And then my senior year, he left. He actually got a job at Quinnipiac uh, University, D1 women's coach, and then someone else stepped in. So Division three it's like a stepping stone for coaches. They're probably not going to stay around all that yeah. long. Um, so you're fortunate when you do have like a good coach who really cares that they stay around for a long time.
1: Hmm. What were you doing part-time working?
0: I worked at Iceworks, which is around the corner from the rink. Maybe like, I'm sorry, around the corner from Newman, which was like two miles away.
1: Okay. So you graduate from Newman. Where are you at in your life then? Like what's going on?
0: So prior to me graduating, a a full-time position in sales opened up as the assistant manager at the rink in the pro shop. Applied to that. um,
1: So you had been working there before?
0: Worked there part-time. What
1: were you doing part-time?
0: I just worked in the pro shop, like stock, sharpened skates, fix equipment, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So then the full-time position comes available?
0: Full-time position came available. Worked there for the next 15 years um, up until 2018. But we had expanded the business. So while I was working there, it was just the pro shop. And then we started an embroidery and screen printing business because there was room for growth and opportunity. Saw that the owners allowed us to to run with that idea. Um, and it's still operating today um, after I had left there. So it became very successful.
1: So what's going on at this skate shop? Because like, I'm not familiar with any of this. So like, what happens there?
0: That's where you buy your equipment from. Yeah. Get your skate sharpened. Um, you're pretty much just servicing Whatever needs people need. So for ice hockey.
1: is But there's not like a rink there. It's not like... There's four rinks. Oh, there is. So it's one of so the... it's a giant place.
0: Bigger places. Yeah. There's only another one, like in Westchester is the other four-sheet facility. And who's and coming it operates there? operates from five o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the morning.
1: I got you. Wow. So
0: your figure skaters who are homeschooled or before school have the ice in the morning. There's some open hockey. Now things have changed because of COVID, but... Um, Pretty much all day and all night. All I would say, two of the rinks are filled until four o'clock, and then once four o'clock rolls around, all four sheets are rolling nonstop. There's if there's a holiday, there's a tournament, so you're just it's all year round. I think they're closed two days a week, which is Christmas and Easter.
1: Had you met your husband at this point?
0: I met him while working.
1: What was his uh, job there?
0: He had worked in sales. Right out of college, he also went to Newman six years prior to me going there. So we met, even though we went to Newman together, they were at set points in our life. So
1: What did he uh, major in?
0: Sport management as well. Same ironically. thing. So he left there. He went and worked for the Flyers and the Phantoms. That yep. NHL lockout happened way back when.
1: What was he doing with them? Sales. And how long was he there?
0: With the rank or with?
1: No, yeah, with the Flyers.
0: With the Flyers. Probably just a couple years, maybe four or five years.
1: Gotcha. So obviously you're a very active person, you're working out a lot. Like when did that when did that start? When did you really become start getting into fitness? I mean, just growing up, playing ice hockey or like when did that happen?
0: I was always pretty active running. I played soccer, like I said, growing up, so it's a lot of running. I worked out in college. I got hurt playing men's league and needed that hip surgery. So wow. like I was working out. Um, I tried to convince my husband to go to the gym with me. He was like, "Oh, like I want to watch Flyers game. I want to watch like Phillies are on, like that sort of thing." So CrossFit, I think, was just starting to become a big thing then, and that was in 2009.
1: Let me go back real quick to your hip surgery. Like you kind of just glanced over that. I mean, what happened with that? How old were you? So
0: I tore my labrum. Playing so this was probably in like I said, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Uh, never got hurt playing in college. Go out, like it's ten thirty at night, you're playing men's league. You're not stretching. Like you're just yeah. oh, I'm just gonna go throw my pads on, skate a couple laps, stretch, no big deal. Tore my labrum playing hockey, which is a common goalie. And I guess uh some pitchers in baseball might have that. It's the labrum is the same as your hip and shoulder. Like it's that that joint that keeps things moving. Mm-hmm. Um so, yep, tore my hip and waited 5 years to have surgery. Jeez. So I just like, yeah, I really don't want to spend the money on this. I can I'll grind through it. So eventually I had surgery and I think the day after I had surgery, my husband was like, "Hey, I joined CrossFit." And I'm like, you son of a bitch! Like, I'm <laughs> I'm laid up on the couch for six months with this dumb injury. Yeah. Can't do anything. Um, what year he did start you, at CrossFit? So. Yeah,
1: what year did you start CrossFit?
0: He started in March of 2013. So six months later, I started in October.
1: Oh, so he so started I, before you.
0: He did not because I was injured and <laughs> on the couch. Gotcha. So, um,
1: Were you guys living in Pennsylvania at this time?
0: No, we lived in Jersey, South Jersey, okay. West Effort. Like so West he had, When he was working with the Phantoms and the Flyers, it was easier just to head across the Walt Whitman Bridge than it was to try to fight traffic up 95. So he had already had a house uh, when we got together and dating, engaged. I moved in to West Effort. That's why everyone thinks I'm from Jersey. Yeah. So lived there probably for 12 years before we moved to Delaware recently.
1: Gotcha. Talk to me about CrossFit. Uh, do you remember the name of the gym that you started at?
0: I did. It's uh, CrossFit One Force. They're still there right off of 295.
1: Oh, cool. Did you just dive into it like six days a week, or did you kind of temper yourself?
0: Probably five days a week, like as much as I could get there. Uh, we were still going back to the ranks and refing. We were going at 8.30 at night, so we'd come home from work, 5 o'clock, hit the six thirty, seven o'clock, 7.30 class. Uh Go back to the rink, score keep, ref, grind it out. Um, Did you have kids and- at this time? No. We didn't no kids. have kids until 2015.
1: Okay. So no kids, uh, skating rink, CrossFit, driving back and forth. You guys are busy. Yes. When you first started CrossFit, do you remember kind of... What was challenging for you?
0: Like the movements, I think everyone has to YouTube and look up things. Like the WOD, what does WOD stand for? What's AMRAP? What's Imam? Uh, like, so you're looking up everything. You're not well versed in the dialogue of. They don't call it a gym. I'm sure, people make fun of it and say it's a box. Like, a lot of people are put off by CrossFit because it's intimidating, so they don't want. Everyone's like, oh I can't do it. Those workouts are crazy. Well, they're not, because there's all types of people who go to CrossFit. It's for it's pretty much is for everyone. I think people are just afraid to walk in the box and that's always the hard step. The hard first step is walking in somewhere and getting getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. They start you off uh in a beginner class for the first month. I think it's called three, two, one. So you're going over your movements, you're going over Uh, the different things and how to lift properly without hurting yourself because that's another big misconception with CrossFit. Um, Oh, you're going to get a shoulder injury. No, you just have to be smart about it. But going back to like, it's pretty much suitable for everybody. You could be in there with a 15 year old kid, someone who has Down syndrome. There's two kids at the gym I go to now who have Down syndrome. Um, There could be somebody who's older, like six years old. So when people say to me, Oh, you do CrossFit? You're crazy. Well, no, because it's what you make of it. Like a workout's only going to be as hard as you want it to be. Like we could have done that mile lunch step yesterday in two hours if we were taking breaks, like stretching. Well, no, you're going to grind it out, and you're just going to do it because you want to make it rough. Right. So,
1: I think that's one of the great things about CrossFit is, or maybe one of the great things about just fitness in general, like you know how hard you're pushing. Right, you can you can tell people all you want, like oh, I really worked hard. That's like, well, you really know deep down, you know what I mean, like how hard you are pushing it. But yeah, you are right. I think CrossFit does get a bad name. I kind of riff on it sometimes because I think there is a high propensity for injury if you don't follow their protocols. Right, you know what I mean. Like you probably shouldn't be doing a you know RX workout right out of the gate. Like everything is scalable. Smart about it. Yes, everything is scalable within CrossFit, which really it, it does make it you know, available to everyone.
0: So the reason I like CrossFit is because it's an hour of your day. Like, believe me, I worked out, I've been working out since I was probably 14. I would go to the gym, you get on the leg press machine, you're hemming and holling. You're like, Oh, like I'll do this tomorrow. Like there's that excuse. There's the hack of like getting out of it. So CrossFit pushes you. It's the only, it's an hour of your day. No one else is getting to you except yourself. It's you and your thoughts. Um, there's new cell phone looking scrolling through like it's not happening you're there to work out get your workout you go home Um, especially after having kids like everything is so structured and your time is so detail oriented it's like all right well I got this going on and then this and then that so if you schedule it and you have a time you're going if you say yeah all right I'm going to the 6 30 class you got to go like there's no backing out or Oh, uh, get stuck doing stuff around the house and oh, well, I guess I'll go to the gym now. Well, you've already scheduled it. It's already there. Just do it.
1: Yeah, that's probably one of the great things about CrossFit as opposed to just doing your own workouts and going to a gym is they have times. So, you know, if you show up at seven, you're out at eight. Correct. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not dilly-dallying. You're, you're in and out. And it kind of takes a little bit off of you, the individual with they're telling you what to do. You know what I mean? Like they're doing the programming and and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's, I think people get lost in the sauce a lot of times with, with working Mm -hmm. out is they just don't know what to do. Correct.
0: And it's, it's a program. So you're building on different things. Like they uh, follow Jason Kalipa's NC fit programming at the gym I go to now, because like I said, we moved to Delaware, but um, there's a reason you're doing things. And, If your gym's looking out for you, they're a business. They want you to come back the next day. They're not going to put you in the position where you're like, oh, I can't walk and now I can't work out for the rest of the week because that's not a good business plan. If if you're not coming back, they're not operating. So they're going to be smart about it. They're going to coach you through it. A coach isn't going to tell you that you should be deadlifting 305 when you can only be deadlifting maybe 200. Like if you have no business doing something, they're going to tell you not to. And it may be humbling, but... You'll be back tomorrow and you'll be smarter because of it.
1: Yeah, you're right. It would be a pretty crappy business practice. You know, put it on these really difficult workouts and people are so sore they can't even come back. Right. I mean, some people were into that. Some people were like, hey, just give me a crushing workout. It's like, okay, go do a mile of lunges and then, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But yeah, CrossFit definitely listen, there's a reason that they're nationally recognized and not even nationally worldwide. Uh, are you doing the, the open coming up?
0: Yes. It did like that.
1: I was just talking to somebody yesterday. What's the deal? They have very limited equipment this year, I think. And then there's a bodyweight edition. Do you know anything about that?
0: I don't, I haven't even looked at the open workout. Um, I've done it in the years past. I've done it through both pregnancies. I think I was 35 weeks pregnant doing the open workout. So again, when people say I can't do CrossFit, no, you can, you just choose not to, or you're afraid. Like, so it really is for everyone. Um,
1: I think uh, you just hit something there in the, in the sense of, you know, a lot of people do say they don't have time to work out or they don't have time to do this, or they don't have time to do that. And that might actually be true because they're just prioritizing other things. Correct. Right. Like you prioritize fitness. Yes. I prioritize fitness. So I make the time. Right. I just choose not to do other silly things. I choose not to You know, maybe sit on the couch and watch TV for three hours at night. Or I choose not to hit the snooze button. Or I just, you know, there's decisions you can make where, yeah, that person probably doesn't have time for exercise because they're prioritizing other things over it. So their priorities are all out of whack. Correct. Everybody has the time if your priorities are in order.
0: And my husband, I guess, is like a big proponent. All right, well, let's talk about this. Let's figure this out. Like he's been great through... I'm sure we'll get to the law enforcement side. Been great with everything. So we push each other. It's like, okay, well, I signed up for CrossFit. Okay, well, now I'm going to sign up for CrossFit. So then we're going together. And we were always that couple that worked out together at 830 at night. You meet so many other people. Um, But then you have kids and it's like, all right, well, now what do we do? So. All right, I'll go to the 630, you go to the 730, and we'll just switch off. Or if you're fortunate enough, your gym has a daycare or somebody who's sitting there just keeping an eye on the kids. So at that point, our kids or our gym did have, they called it kid care or something. So you drop your kid off there for like 10 bucks. Like there's someone in there just watching them, making sure they're not going to run out the front door. So you just make it work. So if you want it, then you'll you'll figure out a way to make it happen. So we do. We still do the kid switch in the in the parking lot. He has one car. He, the kids are already in the car. Um, I meet him at the gym. Just I get out of one car. He gets in the other car, or he's getting out and going to the gym. You just make it happen. Everything's communicated throughout the day of who's doing what and when. Because it's it's important. Like it's important for him to get to the gym. Because if he's if he's with the kids all day, like he's probably gonna lose his mind. You know, it's like you'll see (laughs) a couple weeks. Uh Um, It's important. Like it's your escape. It's better for your mental health. Like you just need that.
1: Well, yeah, I was just gonna ask. So, like, why is why is this so important to you guys? Why is it? Why is why is this? Why do you make so many sacrifices to go to the gym?
0: Well, prior to having kids, like I said, we played men's league together. You're going to the bar afterwards. You're going out to eat maybe more often, but things change. So then you have to change and adapt. This is our escape. I choose to go to the gym because it's a healthy lifestyle. I don't know. It makes me feel good. Um, I like being, I like feeling strong. It gives me energy. It's like sets my day. I choose to do that over like you said, watching. I don't have a Netflix account. Like, I don't even know how to operate what? Netflix.
1: Uh, you are Which crazy. is
0: pretty, like, insane. I think the only time I watched Netflix was in the Academy, the one time when we had downtime. Um Just always on the go, always trying to better myself, always either reading or... There's only so many hours of the day. And I'm rambling right now, So because I'm losing train of thought, so...
1: Rambling's great. Um, no, but I think... Uh, so for me personally, right, like fitness, and we'll get into jiu-jitsu as well, but I've had different reasons for fitness over the years. You know, initially it was sport, like playing sports. I wanted to be stronger, bigger, faster, you know what I mean, so I could be better at sports. Then I got involved in law enforcement. So then my reason for fitness then was well, I need to protect myself. You know what I mean? Like I need to be able to defend myself if I need to. I need to protect those around me. Now I'm a dad, you know, so now I just want to be healthy and strong. Like I, when I'm 55, like I don't want to be crippled. And when right. I'm 65, that's... I don't want to be crippled. Like I want to be able to do things with my kids right. and, and exactly. that kind of stuff.
0: And that's a good point. So back to like, why is it important? It was just always a part of growing up. And then like, it's, okay, what's next? At some point, probably a couple years ago, i just kept wanting to push myself and what's next what's next do you ever um, think
1: about why i'm asking you heavy questions i know but like because i'm very similar but uh, i have an answer but i don't, I don't know. know i just you enjoy
0: do. it so like it's what i enjoy so other people enjoy going shopping i hate shopping i can't even be bothered like i only go to stores probably during the holidays um
1: did we when talk about, about this? We we're like, working. I on.
0: cannot. Like food shopping. I'd rather go at 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning or 1030 at night because I want to get in and out. Like I cannot be bothered with it. So this is what I enjoy and what I'm passionate about is working out because it's always been a way of my life. But then you start getting into different things and all right, well, what's next? Start a CrossFit. Okay. Uh, CrossFit led to uh signing up for triathlons and doing triathlons and of course my husband signed up for one and i'm like all right well i want to do this so he signed up for the river One's try i think we talked about that we one. did i never did that and, one and then i've never done it either because then of course things get in the way like covid hits and i was signed up for it but um because that's a pretty simple one if you're going to do one it's like Easy 200 meter pool swim. I was going to say, it's in the it's pool, like, right? It's pretty quick.
1: That's cheating.
0: But it's a good one because I'm not a very strong swimmer. My first one I decided to do was the Escape to Cape, where you jump off the Cape May Lewis Ferry and swim to shore.
1: Yeah, I've never done that one. That is it's on my a, to do list. It's a good one.
0: So I'm like, What's yeah. the
1: swim to shore? How long?
0: Uh, 0.35 miles. Okay. It's just so over a quarter mile.
1: That's a sprint triathlon then? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I'm like, yeah. I mean, Seems like a good idea. Let me jump off the ferry and swim to shore as my first triathlon, which led to then want to do half Ironman because, again, my husband did it. And I'm like, well, if he can do it. I was four months pregnant when he did it. So I was not going to do that. Yeah. So.
1: I want to tell a quick story about my first triathlon. I did it. It was in Maryland. Uh, I just randomly signed up for one. I don't remember I can't remember where it was in Maryland. I don't even remember what body of water... Oh, we swam in the Susquehanna, which isn't the greatest source of water in the world, but I really was not an efficient swimmer. And that's what prevented me from doing triathlons earlier on was to swim, biking, running. Sure. I could do that. So it was just a sprint. It was a quarter mile swim. We go out in the water and we had to tread water for like 15 minutes before. There were so many people. And it was just okay. a mass start rather than the, sometimes they do waves, right? They'll have six or seven people go. And then, so I was out there treading water for like 15 minutes. I'm smoked. I was dead. And then they started. And I thought I was going to drown. I think I was this second to last personally out of the water. But funny story, uh, I weighed a lot more then. I was in the Clydesdale division, so I was like 230 pounds. And I came in like fourth place out of the Clydesdales, <laughs> even though I was so awful on the uh, the swim. But that was my first Entry into triathlons, okay. but that just started for me. I was like, "Well, I really sucked at that. Like, I want to get better at." Right. You know, I think you and I are a little similar in the sense of I enjoy the process. I enjoy like progress. Like, I I like starting things that I'm awful at, right? And then just trying to get trying better. Trying to get better. Yeah.
0: Right. So, there was another girl, we're a year age difference. So we would, for one race, we would be in the same age group, so you're 30 to 34. And then she'd be like, oh, like, I don't have you chasing me this year. So she was in the 35 to 39. So she's heavy into uh, triathlons and, and races. And she got up on the podium. I'm like, well, man, like, that's awesome. Like, I want to do that. Like, And you tell yourself you can't do that. And it's a little harder in your age group because I feel like everyone's like that 30 to 39 male athlete stud. Yeah. Um, But females, it's. There might be like 45 women in your age group. So it's not as crazy as maybe like the 100 or 200 in the men's age group. But I'm like, all right, I want like I want to be up there. So then I think I finished fourth the one year. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do this next year and I'm going to try to get better. And you look at your times and you break it down. All right, well, where can I make up this time? Um, whether it's your your run. I'm ter- I'm a terrible swimmer. I'm okay on the bike, but I'm going to catch you on the run. Like, that's where I'm going to exert all my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then just kept pushing myself. I'm a numbers person, so it's always like you just said, try to get better. Like, what are you going to do? Like,
1: but, like, how do thing. you know how to get better in the sense of how are you educating yourself on fitness? Like, are you reading stuff? Are you reading books? Like, are you going online? Like, how do you – how at the time for the triathlon stuff, like – were you programming that yourself or like...
0: No, I was just going to the gym um, and pushing myself during workouts and that was my way of getting better. So it wasn't... I got into the pool a little bit. Riverwinds has like an amazing... And that was the only thing I probably miss about South Jersey is their complex is ridiculous and it's 20 bucks a month, but probably...
1: It's 20 bucks a month for if you live in West Effort. If you live in West Effort. If not... But I...
0: it's $40 if you live outside, but it's oh, really? $40 definitely well worth it. Oh, yeah. So, I think they have a they have an Olympic sized swimming pool, and then they have three laps, like three lanes, just for like doing laps. But then a water slide and all like the water buckets for kids. So it's great even for that. And then they have a steam room. I'm trying to think if they have anything else. I think that's it. Like steam room. Yeah, no, place is, is ridiculous.
1: Like,
0: yeah, big fan of the steam room. <laughs> um, What's
1: it? When you say steam room, is it? a sauna or is it So it would
0: be the opposite. It's uh wet
1: Oh, is I gotcha. the
0: dry heat in the sauna.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been in a steam room. I've done the sauna pretty since covid hit the gym that I go to, I haven't been to, but yeah, the sa- the dry heat is uh it's great, uh, especially for recovery. Like I wish I had like if I was back at the gym that I used to go to, I'd be in the sauna today. For after sure. our workout yesterday, like I would definitely loosen everything up and stretch out.
0: So to go back on the the training. So I would just try to crush myself during workouts, like push myself. Like you can just go to the gym and kind of just move through things. We all have those days, like, oh, I'm not really gonna but then in CrossFit, you can your gym can belong to a wada it's called Whattify. So you see where your your workouts are or what the workout is. There's a whiteboard. So if the person who went earlier in the day put their times in You can see where they were. So if you're evenly matched with somebody and they finish the workout in, I don't know, 10 minutes and 13 seconds, the CrossFit is supposed to be to better yourself. It's not about the other person. But you're like, all right, well, Nicole did this in this time. I'm going to try to beat her and just keep pushing yourself that way. And it tracks your performance. So if you back squat it 200 pounds last week and then next month comes up in the same complex you're going to look at the number and be like, "All right, this is where I need to be for this. I'm going to try to beat this number." So,
1: yeah. How old are you now?
0: I'll be 37 next month.
1: I would I would assume that for your age group, um, you know, your scores are very competitive. Am I right about that or
0: for I don't know. Spotify. I'm look.
1: saying you're a stud athlete, and for 37 years old, as a female, you seem <laughs> I <don't>, to be... <laughs> I
0: don't look at myself as I'm 37. I still feel like I'm 25, but I probably work out much harder than I did when I was 25. So it's always that I wish I would have known then what I know now aspect, because it's 100% true. If I worked out as hard as I did now, when I was in college, God only knows.
1: Interesting. learn. The thing that just popped in my head was there's no end.
0: No. Like you said, like, why do you do this? Why is it so? Because I want to be 60 years old and still cross-fitting. I, I want to be that person in far better shape.
1: No, I think the why is very important. Like I said, that has changed over time for me. It sounds like it's changed a little bit for you. Not that I want you to. Well, I'm going to ask you to give advice to people, but we we know a lot of people who really aren't into fitness and are like, ah, it's no big deal. And in law enforcement, I think that's a death sentence personally. But have you ever tried to like get people into working out and like some of the hurdles that you've seen? Like, what's some advice? I you have.
0: Need? I think people don't realize the process that it is taken. Um, they just assume that you've always been in shape or... That you never really had to work for anything, which I don't, I'm in, two years ago I was probably in the best shape of my life, like going into the academy right after I did uh, the half Ironman, I did a couple sprint tries, and then the police academy um, fitness test was in August. So I wasn't really in the best shape of my life until after I had kids, which is probably shocking to some people. Yeah, But- Something clicked after um, I had my second son who just turned four uh, the other day. So things change. And like you said, your why, like what's your why? Why are you doing things? It's probably because my husband and kids. Like I want to be able to run around with them and throw a ball and uh, play football with them and be able to tackle them and just get, be able to get down on the ground, which you see some of these people who are not in shape for their age or um, and it's sad and like I wish they knew how good you felt from working out
1: I say that all the time because uh, a lot of people say that to me like you know why do you do this blah 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 like, dude if you could feel the way I feel you'd be doing the same thing right and it's so hard for me and I've actually stopped over the years to be totally honest with you trying to convince people to work out I really have because I've had zero success with it I can't never have I really drilled into somebody be like hey man you should work out work out work out like i can't motivate you right you know what i mean like i hope maybe by looking at what i do looking at what you do that maybe that'll motivate you but i'm not gonna like be your babysitter you know what i mean Like, you gotta find whatever internal driving factor there is for you because i have it you have it a lot of other people have it uh the whole babysitting thing and trying to get people into it i just haven't had a lot of success with it and I made a mistake one time I was kind of working with somebody and I don't know what you said that made me think of this but it never gets easier. I remember saying that to somebody because let's say running a mile is your goal, right? It's difficult to get there, but then eventually you run a mile. Well, the next goal is now to run 2 miles, right? So now you got to work towards that. Like you're al- it's always difficult. You know what I mean? Like you're always going to be putting in more effort. Your output is greater. You know what I mean? Because now you're in better shape and you can do more things. But like my workout, I, I'm I, I don't know if I'm in the best shape I've ever been right now. But it's always hard. It is. It's never going to get easier. Right. And There's I think always
0: going to be something. It's you just you need to choose to do it. And it's like that step. It's step and go. Like the hardest thing is walking into that gym for the first time. You're scared. You don't know anybody. Like it's different. It's it's uncomfortable, but you need to put yourself out there. Like, if you don't put yourself out there, then nothing's ever going to happen.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm I, curious, too, like, to really just get deep down into the psychological aspect behind it. If maybe that's just, maybe my brain's different. Maybe your brain is different. Like, maybe some people, like, obviously, there's people out there who are totally cool going to work, coming home, sitting on the couch for five or six hours, watching TV, going to bed and doing it all over again you know like I couldn't imagine doing that
0: no neither can I I think it's just you hit that point in your life um going back on to the how did I get into the fitness and nutrition that sort of thing I was never the greatest eater I started when I was training for the the half Ironman it was like six months after I just had my second son so it was like That summer when I was pregnant, I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for all these races and I'm going to get my ass right back in shape. Like nothing's going to, so everything's always six months out. Like you're never planning for tomorrow. Everything is already laid out for tomorrow. You just got to get up and do it. I think for my birthday, I was like, uh, can you, my husband's like, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, uh, sign me up for this nutrition package. A coach at our gym had just started her side business um doing like the macro macronutrient training. Um you told her where you wanted to be, told her what you were training for. She laid it all out. You checked in with her every week. So I needed to be held accountable for the most part. And I think that's what people don't realize, like I said, the process of things. Like yeah, it was, I was like I had thirty pounds to lose and I had like five months to do it, and like get my shit in gear and to go do it. And I surrounded myself with the right people and I guess knowledge and training in order to get to that spot. So then signed up for that and dropped the 30 pounds and was ready for the race in September.
1: So where did that come from? So you're right. That's a very effective strategy. I do the same thing. I plan everything out in advance. I usually sign up for races well in advance. So I know kind of what's on the horizon. And also me signing up for races is just it's an accountability thing. Like I just paid money to go do this. Like I want to make sure I do it. But did you learn that from somebody or was this like an intuitive thing?
0: Um, Prior to me, right after I had my son, I was listening to, I think you listened to him too, E.T., the hip hop preacher. Yeah, he's awesome. Great. So.
1: Can I just say this real quick? Not many people, he has a huge following, but usually when I bring him up, not many people. I found him by accident.
0: So did I. So I think on Spotify. Um
1: I think it was on YouTube for me. I just saw like one of his somebody made a motivational video with him on there and I was and like, that's what oh. it was.
0: I searched like motivational something. I was just at home one night, like looking for some I don't know, like motivational speeches or big Jocko fan. I know he's been brought up a couple of times. Absolutely. Um I know we've discussed this, like probably E. T. and Jocko are the reason why I am where I am today because of that, because their whole speech is you get tired like you don't want to be average like if you want it go get it type of thing and it wasn't until like 2015 2017 that that mindset changed I was never always like this I enjoyed working out but something just clicked that one day and I was like all right well I'm done with being like this like I want more like there's always now is I want more what's next how am I going to get there type of thing
1: yeah, that was kind of similar to me. Like when I was growing up, I always enjoyed working out just because like I don't, like I said, it was for sports or whatever, and it was just I enjoyed being competitive. But then I had hooked up with E.T. and Jocko and those kind of guys. And then David Goggins came in and it was like, oh, this is a thing that you can do. You can just go do
0: right, really difficult it's, things. They do a good job. They motivate you. You're like, all right, let's do this. Like, they do. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, it sucks getting up at 4.30 for the 5 a.m. class, but this is the only time I can work out. So if I don't work out now, it's not going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to be miserable. And then I'm going to be like, it affects like your entire day. My husband knows. He'll be the first one to tell you. If I don't work out for three days, it's not nice. (laughs) it's, It's bad. So he's like, you know what? You need to stop. Like, go to the gym. You'll feel so much better, even if I'm coming up with every excuse because I'm not gonna, I'm not acting like I have all the answers to everything. We all go through that grind. We all go through that. Uh, I guess you feel sorry for yourself, weak, like oh, I just don't feel like getting there. Like I got too much to do. Like we all make excuses. I still make excuses, but at some point you have to have that discipline enough to say, all right. I just need to get to the gym. Like it just needs to happen. And then once you're there and once you're done working out, you feel so much better and you're like, wow, I really needed that.
1: Yeah. I, I still, uh, I go through that. I feel sorry for myself sometimes and make up excuses. And But it, here, here's what I like to do and this is, it's beyond fitness for me with the principles I've taken away from E.T., Jocko, David Goggins. I've taken it into other aspects of life. Like I like to dig myself a hole. I, what I'm trying to do now is find my limit right like I keep adding things in like okay well you know for for me fitness right now like it's you know working out every day just crushing fitness okay then it's the education stuff let's get a master's degree get a PhD keep digging a hole my wife and I have our second kid on the way that's gonna now throw me into but it forces me to grow and get better because what's and and then it's other stuff, it's it's learning how to play the guitar on top of that, it's you know, making sure the house is clean. Like, just I want to keep finding that limit. You know what? I'm not even close, I haven't even found it yet, which is which been, is scary, which it's has a been a huge thing for me thing, because so. it's like, oh, like I can just, just keep going, keep going. And uh, listen, trust me, I do have, have bad days and I get down on the dumps, but I have learned that. This, you know, the human body and your brain, man, you can really start pushing yourself and just, it's all how you look at things.
0: Right. So in training for anything, it's always like, all right, well, how am I going to make this harder? If it's harder, then you're only going to get better. So then um, running, a lot of the, the triathlons down the shore are sand based. There's some sort of sand running. So the time we had a house down the shore on the weekends, I'm not hitting the gym. So I'm like, all right, well let me throw a weight vest on and go run in the sand. Because the only way you're going to get better at doing something is to keep doing it and make it harder. So you suck at push-ups, go do push-ups. You want to get faster. Like I can run, but if I want my mile time faster, I'm going to make it harder. So now I'm going to run in dry sand with 20 pound weight vest on and see how that feels. Because when time comes and I have to run just, granted you'll have gotten off the bike for 10 miles, but yeah, your legs are going to feel pretty shitty, so how can I train and how can I better myself to be prepared for that moment?
1: Seek discomfort. That's what I just wrote down here. That's really what what it's about. I think that's a common theme. You know, the human body is programmed to be comfortable. Right. It's called homeostasis, right? Like It just wants to achieve a level of, hey, we're good, relax. You want to get beyond that. Seek discomfort because then you'll grow. Right, Like you said, you're, you're training to run a really fast one mile. Okay, well, let me make that mile as hard as I possibly can. So when that time comes, it's easy. Correct. You just go through it. Where did law enforcement come in? Like, wh- at some point you made a decision to become a cop.
0: I did. So I'd worked at the rink for 15 years. I knew I was at a, a limit. So the only... I couldn't go anywhere. Like I would have been in that position the entire time. So I started looking for other jobs, just trying to better myself. Um, The ice rink was a great place to, to learn and grow, but I was at my peak and I was 30 something years old. Like couldn't do that for the rest of my life. I really enjoyed what I did. And that's why I was there for so long. I didn't have anyone really looking over my shoulder. Um, We were able to expand the business and, and do well. But then the time came, it was like, all right, well, I don't want to be doing this for, like, the next 20 years. I need to go find something else to do. Probably over the next two years, start looking at different jobs where it was, um, like, in the financial industry or, like, insurance industry, sales for other products. And I was like, do I really want to do this? Like, I'm not that person who can sit behind a desk. Like, there's no shot this is going to happen. So probably in 2015, I was pregnant with my son. I really started, like, Given the idea for law enforcement, unlike others, it wasn't something I always wanted to do when I got out of college. I'm like, yeah, I want to be in law enforcement. Let me do this. Um, my in-laws are involved in law enforcement. So knowing that I'm not that type of person who can just sit still behind a desk, I'm like, all right, what's a job where like I can make a good living, I can have... Um, good benefits and it was important because we were starting a family so job security and I was working in Delaware County at the time so their process is a lot different than yeah than ours um, you have to put yourself through the Act 120 go to uh, Delaware County Community College
1: yeah what's the deal uh, there you, you put yourself through the academy
0: you do so I th- it's like $3,500 six, like a semester so if you start in July, then you graduate in January. But then you have to go find a job. So now you have to go and apply to all these small town municipalities. Thought about it at the time I was pregnant with my first son and still working at the rink, still working and then scorekeeping. It was late at night one night. Uh, we actually had like this kid and it still happens this day in each where we see it all the time. People leave their cars unlocked and people are breaking into cars. It's pretty much you're dealing with that on a daily basis, right? Yep. So this kid was coming into the rink. He was going through the locker rooms, like late at night, 1030 at night, stealing people's cash. No one's paying attention. There's no one watching men's right. league hockey at 1030 at night. It's just the guys on the ice. So um, he was like doing this periodically every couple months. So I'm walking through the rink and there's this, Kid just sitting outside the locker room. Has no business being there. Like, what's he doing here? Like, so I walk a little further and I'm like, hmm, okay, well, this is odd. So I go outside, get my car. I don't know if there was like a vehicle description or something that happened, but now he comes out. So now I'm like trying to call my husband, who's getting changed from being on the ice. Call the Zamboni guy who was like, if you see this guy, call me, but he can't hear because he's on the Zamboni. So I call, ask them police. So now I'm following this guy like, like down the street. I'm like seven months pregnant. I'm like, well, here's a tag like this. So I think that got me excited. I'm like, wow, that was like, that was really cool. So that started the wheels again turning. And again, it's always like, oh, I can't do this. Like, what am I crazy? Like,
1: yeah, because how old are you at this time?
0: uh th- thirty-one maybe. Okay then the wheels start getting turned in again with that. So I'm like, all right, do I want to do this? So it wasn't until like two years later that I actually went through the process through talking with people and whatnot. But um, I think that's what really got me thinking, like career change, like job security, yeah. wanting to provide more for my family. My husband and I were working at the rank together. We're about to start a family. God forbid anything happens at the rank. we're both screwed. 2020 happens, COVID happens, if we were still under the same place of employment, probably would have been a different ballgame. So the reason for me wanting a career change was because it made more sense in the long run. I wasn't going anywhere. The only place I could have gone was to take his job, which is not going to happen. So I was like, all right, let's do this.
1: How'd you pick Newcastle County Police?
0: So... I was 34 at the time. So in Jersey, you have to be 35. Yeah. That's Hired a, by the time you're 35 yep, a in off. Jersey. that's cutoff. So I looked in the, uh, New Jersey State Police because I had some friends who just finished the academy and then higher-ups with them. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to miss the cutoff for this. So I started applying to places in Delray County. I didn't even know about Newcastle County. Reached out to a friend who is... Uh, now the chief of East Greenwich Township. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? He's like, do it. I'm like, okay. He's like, no, I think you'd be good. Like, you should apply. And it's different in Jersey, too, because you really, it's very political. You really need to know somebody. Um, yeah, Jersey,
1: there's several different routes you can go. Some police or civil service, which is not as political. Uh, maybe it still is. You can also do that kind of similar to PA, the Act 120 thing. Mm-hmm. You can put yourself through an academy.
0: Right. Same thing though. I was like fighting that. All right. Probably should have thought about this two years prior to me hitting the age cutoff. But yeah. he's like, You should look into Newcastle County. There's no age or residency requirement. I'm like, perfect. All right. So decided that in the beginning of June, applied there. Everything I told my prior to that, I'm like, Hey Mike, what do you think about this? He was like, All right, do it. I'm like, Okay. That's so- it. That
1: was the conversation.
0: Pretty much. I was like, (laughs) we'll make it work. So we have family who is uh, in Pennsylvania law enforcement. It took his one cousin maybe eight years to get hired. So I don't think he realized when I said, hey, I'm going to do this, that it was happening.
1: You would be hired in probably four to six months. Six months. Yeah.
0: And when he said, okay, do it, I'm pretty sure he thought it was going to be like a couple years. And then I'm like, all right, well. I sent my resume in, I applied, like, end of June it was due, uh, PT test and written tests were in August, background and everything was in October, offer in November, academy was starting December 12th with a three and a one-year-old at home, so it was just like, okay, this is it, yeah. we'll figure it out.
1: Well, I want to talk about the academy, so yeah, that's a very, a lot of people that go through our academy are single. They might be married, but, you know, they're young. You know, I think, I don't know what the average age we're hiring at, but probably 24, 25 years old, no kids usually. So you got a three and a one-year-old. Yep. So for those that don't know, our academy is not residential. However, you know, there are ways to induce sleep deprivation with assignments at night and stuff like that. So talk to me about the academy, because I didn't go through our academy, so I'm not really that well-versed on...
0: So it starts on a Wednesday... You're there probably from, you now. I live a half, I was living 40 minutes away from the academy. So I wasn't living in Delaware around the corner or even 10 minutes away. So that adds 40, another. 40, 45 minutes away.
1: That's another hour and a half every day.
0: Right. So getting up at uh, five o'clock in the morning, leaving the house by six, being at the academy by seven, ringing the door. Um, and the first day you're there until like nine o'clock at night, like the first couple of weeks. Yep seven o'clock in the morning until who even knows what time you're getting out. I think the Friday, the first Friday I come home again, sleep deprivation. Like you're given papers, you have to shine your boots. You have to like, I wasn't in the military. All of this is new, uh, shine your boots, polish your brass, like all of that. Now, granted it's the first week, so you don't have to really worry about your brass or anything, but your uniform needs to be in order. Yeah. I think my my husband was just killing it. Just all right, I got the kids come home. Uh, he was meal prepping for me. Friday, I think we just did pizza, or we did something. He may have cooked, and he's like, "How's everything? Is it like is dinner good?" I'm like, "Sir, yes, sir." And I'm, he's like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "I can't believe I just did that." He's like, "I could get used to this, though." Like,
1: yeah, so
0: you're just it's just crazy like you're just your mind is just racing you're not even thinking you just go and do it so
1: so i've had the conversation and i'm still split i don't know because the academy i went through in maryland was residential so you live there Mm -hmm. and you know if you got so many demerits through the week which are just made up things that you get disciplined for Mm -hmm. but if you got 10 during the week you stayed the weekend like you didn't go home however you know, you're talking about, I wasn't in the military either. So shine your brass, getting your uniform squared away, make sure, you know, attention to detail. I didn't know how to do any of that, but my roommates did, you know what I mean? So like it was a, there was a group setting to things. Uh, the camaraderie was, you know, great. And also like, that's all I had to worry about. I was 20 years old in that academy. Um, I didn't have a, you know, I wasn't married, no kids. I didn't have to worry about going home and worrying about anything. Like I lived at the academy. So I, you know, I went through that experience. Now they could mess with you throughout the night, which they would often do. They would roll a trash can down the hallway at, you know, twelve thirty at night. You get up and PT for ten minutes, go back to bed. And then two hours later they do the same thing. Get up, PT for ten minutes, go back to bed, kind of thing. And they would do that every once in a while. But the our academy though, especially for somebody like you. You know that is another whole element of stress, just thrown oh, into sure. things.
0: Because guys, and you have you're in that group chat with everyone. The guys are like, oh, like I just did that, banged out that paper in like ten minutes. I'm like, I'm still driving home.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I get home. It's gonna be eat dinner real fast. Obviously, you just got done working out, so that's important just to refuel yourself. Bath, bedtime, and now it's ten o'clock, and it's like, all right, I'm gonna sit down and write this ten page paper, like. Probably not going to get to sleep until 3 o'clock in the morning and i back up at 4 or 5. So my husband was like big, most supportive person ever, um, just making sure, and still to this day, just making sure everything at home is squared away so that when I'm going to work, it's just, that's all I have to worry about. Yep. That and getting home to them. So if your mind, and I know in like previous podcasts, like if your stuff is not squared away prior to you walking out the door... It's a liability. So you need to be in the mindset and the mind frame. And he knows that's important. Like he's not going to pick a fight with me or do something and then me walk out the door. And now I'm thinking about like the argument we just had over something dumb that could have been handled or solved when I got home instead of me walking out the door. Now I'm, I'm thinking of something else. So
1: yeah, for me, it's uh, make sure the house is clean finances and yeah, make sure my wife and I are good. We didn't have an argument or anything like right. I need I need those three things, mm-hmm. you know, in line. So, the, how long was our academy? Close to seven months, isn't it? Like six and a half.
0: Ours was I'm pretty sure to date was the longest. It was thirty two weeks, and now they've start like chipping back a little bit. But
1: man, thirty two weeks—that's eight months. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Did you have like a? Um, I don't recall like a breakdown point, but a lot of people do kind of like have a moment in the academy where they're just like, they kind of reach their red line and then like, did they mess with you a lot in the academy?
0: A little bit. (laughs) Yes. Um, Because being my age, like I'm older than, or as old as some of our drill instructors. Yeah. So it was hard for me like being older and then,
1: yeah. Some thing. of your listen, some of your classmates you were 14 years older than.
0: Yes. Um That's a lot. We're driving just as long as they were on the face of the earth. <laughs> so there was no turning like there was no turning back. Like I made the decision that I was going to do this. There was I didn't allow myself for that. I'll just go back to the rank. Like I was a hard worker. They would have they were sad to see me go. Like I was um I did a good job for their business. But there was no cop out. Like, there was no turning back. There's no plan B. I didn't allow myself for that. So, every day, for as hard as the day before was, it's like, all right, well, here I am standing at the back door again. Like, this is it. Like, I'm really doing this.
1: Not that that makes things easier, but it kind of does. Like, if you don't allow yourself an exit strategy, no, this was it. And this was, you have to do it. So, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really, there's no other option. That's a good strategy. When you got out, uh, FTO, what'd you think of FTO process?
0: Uh, I mean, I didn't know any better. I didn't even know it was just the next step. All right. FTOs here. This is what we're doing. Like this is so with yeah. no prior law enforcement experience or knowledge of anything, I was like, okay, this is it. This is the next step.
1: Right. How was your first, like, I mean, how long have you been out now? Like on the road by yourself?
0: By myself for just over a year. We finished around Thanksgiving of 2019.
1: What's been the most difficult thing for you? And I think just from what I've seen, like I've been here for, you know, nine years now, you definitely had a much quicker transition to, I don't know, being like a self-sufficient officer. You know what I mean? You're older, you got kids. like you're Definitely
0: ha- life experience You have helps. life experience.
1: So you're not showing up to, We're, I mean... You're showing up to domestics, and it's not like, oh, what's going on here? Right. It's like, oh, I've had arguments with my husband. Like, I kind of get, you know. Right, or your family
0: upbringing. You're like, yeah, this is normal. This is – some of it's sad. I haven't really had to deal – I think, like, if there's ever children involved, like, that's hard because you feel sad for them. They can't really make their own decisions, and you're dealing with their parents, and you're like – you're trying to talk sense into somebody – but you can't be like that it's all in how you speak with someone so you try to relate to them you try to get your point across i think that some maybe some of the younger officers like it takes a little bit more time or if they didn't have an they had a pretty good upbringing so they're not really like seeing like how shitty life can be because they've been protected by that
1: yeah dude listen that's i had an amazing upbringing two parent background uh you know middle class grew up on a farm horses cows like it was great uh so yeah that was always difficult for me sometimes in the beginning was seeing how low some people's lives can get and right like, oh and jesus
0: right and it's all in how you talk to them and try to relate and you don't want to ever come off like you're better than somebody so i know in the past like you can get much further by trying to relate to somebody than talking down to them especially if you're younger And you're talking to someone older, it's not gonna fly. Like, you need to find something, some common ground, even if you have nothing in common with that person. Find something that you can relate to and make it easier because then they'll open up and they'll respect you much more than you trying to, some 24 year old kid trying to give advice to a 35 year old who is having the worst day of their life because obviously we're there, so it can't be good.
1: Yeah. How, did fitness suffer at all when you got out on the road? Like, did you have a time period there where, you know, with shift work and just dealing with that, where you kind of had to restructure some things?
0: I would say it was more like that in the academy than on the road. Um, you're not working out as hard, or it's more body weight stuff. You're not really mixing in weights probably until the end of the academy you can do that but it's a lot of push-ups and bodyweight sit-ups and air squats and whatnot so um i would think they probably hate me for saying this but during the academy you hit like that lapse in fitness because you're not really going to the gym after the academy you're not getting home until nine o'clock at night so um
1: did you get out of shape in the academy no, I know a lot of people like at m s p was it was very it was similar like cardio wise like through the roof guys right, were my usually... push ups
0: and sit ups and everything got better and you're wearing a vest and you're wearing a duty belt at that point so the tempo push ups were probably hard mm-hmm. like when you're trying thirty people are trying to do push ups together and it's not really clicking so that was probably the hardest part but um, I definitely look forward to getting back to the gym and and working out again once the academy was over.
1: how was you had never done any jujitsu or like grappling prior to the academy. Is that correct? Correct. So that was your first introduction to it in the academy. Correct. What were your thoughts on that?
0: That was great. Um, definitely allows you to become more comfortable in detaining somebody if they're not going with the program. Um, I think it's very important. Uh, we have great use of force instructors. and
1: I've always said this, right? Just call it like it is. Like I'm six foot, 200 pounds you're not right. You know what I mean? Like you're a smaller female. Like I've always been curious, like you, you have a totally different perspective on things than I do. Even when we're out there doing we're like, we're doing the same job, but you know, I'm not, I'm okay. If things have to get physical, you know what I mean? Like it happens. Sometimes things rise to a level. Like I've always wondered, like you're a smaller stature female. You know what I mean? Like,
0: like I can rely on my strength and endurance. Like I'll be able to hold on. But then, if you don't have to fight or struggle with somebody, then don't. To so put yourself in the best position of how to control somebody without having to like punch them in the face. You may have to, but you don't want it to get to get to that point. You never want to have to really go hands on. If you can control their arms and make it not look as bad as it's going to be, then. You're better off. Um,
1: Yeah, I've always seen females handle scenes better than younger males because you're thinking in your head, like, this could go bad. You know what I mean? Say say you're dealing with a giant man.
0: Right, if I punch you, you're probably going to laugh in my face and then it's going to get bad.
1: So verbal judo, talking to people, communication like female officers, hands down, are so much better at that and they can usually calm things down a lot better than a 22-year-old kid coming into a scene. You know what I mean? I've just seen that where they're like, you know, they may not talk to somebody in the nicest way. Right, and it's then it turns, going to escalate the situation. Then it turns physical. It's like, well, you, like you did that. You know what I mean? Right. You know, you kind of caused that more or less. But. So the
0: academy does, the instructors there, push you to get into jujitsu, but that was something else just added to my schedule now because yeah, so you know, how, on top of work, the gym, my husband's work schedule, kids school schedule, it was like, all right, can I fit this into? Like, where are we gonna so you look at all the different gyms. There was one in Philly, which in Jersey is only like twenty five minutes away, but it's at six thirty at night or seven o'clock at night. So well that's not really gonna work out. Plus it's still important for my husband. Like it can't be it's not one sided. There's always that give and take. So I was mindful of like, well, I'm not going to be like, hey, I worked all day. Now I'm going to go to the gym. Can you cook dinner and take care of the kids and do their homework and everything? So I'm like, all right, well, this isn't really the right time to to start this, even though he was pushing for me to because he's concerned for my well-being and wants me to come home at night and knows it's important. So it didn't really work out. Then we were in the process of moving to Delaware, um, reached out to a bunch of different people, find out where they were going, uh, looked at different schedules, um, and there's this one place I had a punch card because it can be expensive and it's a commitment, and it's a lot why a lot of people don't want to CrossFit because it's gonna be probably about 160 bucks a month.
1: And Jiu-Jitsu is the same. Most gyms are about about yeah 130 150 a month somewhere right. around there.
0: So the one I go to now, Riverfront, they offer law enforcement They're big in the law enforcement and military. They'll offer you the law enforcement discount. So. I think it's under $100 if you want to do the unlimited class, but I knew I wasn't going to get there that often So because I still enjoy CrossFitting. And you had said earlier, like, people don't want to make the commitment. So, yeah, a lot of people don't cross it because it's 160 bucks a month, but they'll go out and spend their money on something else or something dumb. So that was a lot of where, like, my husband and I, like, well, we have kids now. We're not going out to dinner. We're not going to, like – fancy restaurants because we're at home it's because then getting babies that are also cost money. So that was our escape to things. So instead of going out to dinner once or twice a month, now you're just going to the gym, which is a much healthier lifestyle than yeah,
1: absolutely. anything
0: else. So back to jujitsu. Um, I think I was talking to Censorado and he was saying, yeah, um, Brian. there's Brian Grant and Riverfront and there's this other place in Philly. The Philly one was... It was going to be too far. So I think then he... again, just like looking through schedules and trying to fit it in. All right. Well, if I go, I can make it work this time. Hey, Mike, what do you think about this? Okay. Go ahead. Go do it. Like everything with him is like, all right, we'll make it work just as long as like, it's a mutual thing. So now he's going there. He's probably there. We're going there soon. So. We just find a way to push one another. So it's always just having that person in your corner and figuring out and talking it out. So,
1: so talk to me about the first time you went to like your first jujitsu class. Nervous, scared, uncertain.
0: So I had taken a private lesson first because the gyms were shut down at this point. Okay. Um, I had been looking at it for like six or seven months, um, but then all the gyms are shut down because of COVID. It happened probably like a year ago. Did a private lesson, showed me a couple things. Uh, Billy's wife, Elise, is about the same height and size I am. So he was going over uh, different chokes and different movements, but it was her and I, like grappling with one another. And he was just instructing. I'm like, all right, cool. So once the gym opened back up, They made it easy for me to come there because I'd already known them. So at least uh, just reaching out like, hey, I'm going to be going to the gym at this time. Like, all right, cool. I'll be there. So just scheduling it, because if you don't schedule it or you don't have someone keeping you accountable, then you're not going to do it because you're going to find an
1: excuse. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, And then they offer this. uh, It was at six to seven a.m. in the morning. So. I would just. Get up and go to that it was free and what's
1: that on Wednesdays?
0: Wednesdays it's now seven to eight. I was just so gonna say
1: I was there. like, is it six seven stuff? It was, no,
0: it's seven to eight.
1: Yeah, well, in. your episode's gonna air this Friday coming up, but uh yeah, I'm gonna be there on Wednesdays for the next few weeks until the baby comes, and I'll have to take you know a couple weeks to kind of get things squared away with that. But right. what is your how long you been doing jujitsu now? Probably a year. Okay,
0: not serious like here and there still trying to figure it out but more often than not so i try to get there you, like once or twice a week
1: how do you approach jujitsu do you have a philosophy like when you're rolling with somebody right what are you thinking
0: <laughs> it's trying to what everyone's thinking try not to get choked out so you're just holding on for like the six minutes uh It's a good thing with their instructors is if you're close to submitting them, they're going to tell you where to put your hand in order to finish the submission. Like they're not going to try to maybe in the other times, like three or four minutes into it, they may try to choke you out or submit you. But if you're close, they're going to teach you and coach you through it. They're going to tell you. So at least you're like not just getting your ass kicked all the time. At least like there's some learning and like, oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like. Okay, I'll remember that next time.
1: That's what I'm excited for to get back into jujitsu jitsu because.
0: And it's, you're breaking it down. Like you're not just going in there and rolling with someone. I think that's what people get nervous about. Like mm-hmm. you're breaking down a movement. You have the 45 minutes to learn the movement. And then if you want to roll, you can. And if you don't, you don't like.
1: Yeah, my problem is I just get exhausted when rolling and then I forget everything. And then I just try to get choked out. That's pretty much what it boils down to. I'm
0: definitely um, a visual learner. Like, I need to see it and then do it a couple times. And then I'm like...
1: I need like, to drill.
0: I, right. Like, same thing with ice hockey. People are like, oh, you should give goalie lessons. Or you should... T-. Like, I can't tell someone how to do it. Like, I can do it. But I really just need to practice it and drill it out before. But
1: like, Yeah, I need to definitely, like, drill. it. So if we do a movement... I think I need to drill more than the average person, to be totally honest with you. Like say we're working on like an arm drag or something. I need to do an arm drag with you standing in front of me probably three hundred times. Like just bang, 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 right. bang. Keep Same. doing it, keep mm-hmm. doing it. So, um yeah, we get frustrated in class sometimes because, you know, we would work on a move mm-hmm. for say twenty minutes and then I'm like, man, I, I like it's not enough. Or if for you me.
0: miss a step, but it's like the most important step because yes. if you don't hit that step, then the, the next one's not gonna work. Yeah. Like well, yeah.
1: So Yeah, I'm definitely gonna yeah, I'm fully committed. Like this is now going to be my new obsession, and I'm I'm excited for it. Like I'm yeah, going to. There's a,
0: a group of us, so now that like different people on C and D squads, like hey, I'm going there at seven a.m. You going to be there? Like it's just that accountability. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and if there's a friendly face or someone you know is going to be there, then it makes it. Uh,
1: How often are you going? Less stressful,
0: one or two times a week, so. I'll be able to hit there like probably the next six weeks looking at our schedule with the way our schedule lines up.
1: What's your goal with jujitsu?
0: I'm not in the competitive level for that yet. I don't know if I would want to be, but it's just toning in the skills that help me with with work. So
1: I don't know if we talked about this or not, but like what we talked about the why for fitness, but like why did you start doing jiu-jitsu?
0: I guess pretty much just talking like there's other people who you surround yourself with who are in the jujitsu so um and i trust those people so they're like yeah you should get into this it'll be helpful for you which it has been um just being able to say take someone down or like in a controlled environment rather than it it getting
1: bad yeah out of hand and i know i just said like i'm like deeply committed to it now and i said this on other podcasts where i've had you know, basically four, six month stints that I've done, but something always happens. And then I always stop and then move on, you know, move on to the next thing. But my why has recently changed, which is now why I'm kind of fully committed. And I think it has to do with, well, it's, it's a few reasons. Number one is I have three nephews. Uh, The one is two and a half and the other, the other two are 18 months old then I have my daughter who is 18 months old and my wife and I have our son coming here in the next couple of weeks. My new why is doing jujitsu for them, to be honest with you, because, yeah, it's for me because I don't want to get you know hurt at work and I want to be confident in myself mm-hmm. and all. But I think jujitsu is so important. Just the philosophy behind it, like you know, being in very difficult situations and staying calm and then getting out of them, I think it translates into life really well. But I want to really train my ass off for the next five, six, seven, eight years so that when they become of an age to where they're now six, seven, eight years old, I don't know, I kind of want to be like the uncle or the dad who can help them out. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of my new why, which Definitely. is way more of a driving factor than just doing it for myself, to be totally honest.
0: Correct. Because you have those little ones who are watching you. Like Yeah. Um, my son, Luke, who's five, he has one of the rogue uh, barbells in our, like the plastic barbells. So he wants to be in the garage working out with me. So it's always like, you never know who's watching and you're going to have an impact on their lives because of it. So he grabs his barbell and, and works out with me. Or, um, we have jujitsu mats and the tackling dummy or the grappling dummy in our basement. So they use him as their nerf target right now, but, um, he's like, I want to do karate or so probably within the next couple of years, we'll get him involved in that. He's uh the typical older son where he's very timid and baseball is his sport so he's not very aggressive. So I think that would be something useful for him like you never know. Yeah. The little one who would run through a wall. So he's going to be my my football player, typical second child.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of the videos you put out there on social media with um with like the small bar set up and stuff. I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, so he uh or before that, he got that for Christmas. He was using a broomstick, like just an empty broomstick. Did so he start
1: like, that? Like, did he, were you going out in the garage and working out? He's like, hey, mom, can I come with you? Or mm-hmm. like. Right. So it wasn't like you. No. Not that you would force that on him. but
0: No, he just, he I, he probably knows that I enjoy it and he wants to be part of my time. And so I was just hanging out together in the garage, working out. So recently, I think I sent it to Duel. Um. He has his bike in the garage. Now it's December and January. Like it's freezing. He wants to ride his bike. I'm like, buddy, you can't ride your bike. So I have two plates under his training wheel, so he's just like pedaling along like in the bike. bike. He does.
1: Uh, that's really funny. Uh how's your husband doing with jujitsu?
0: He's doing good. He's bruised. Like his bruises all up and down. Thank God. Yeah. It's, uh, it's
1: Is he doing the same thing one or two days a week?
0: He goes usually Mondays at noon. And it's 10 minutes from work, so I'll go back to work. Or right now, um, our son has to be picked up at school 2 o'clock on Mondays and Tuesdays because they don't have the aftercare or anything yet with mm-hmm. the virtual. So he'll swing down and grab him at like 2 o'clock.
1: And what's his goal with jujitsu?
0: Just something else. Yeah. Like he CrossFits now. It's like, all right, well, he was originally the one who was interested in jujitsu and Jocko and everything. He's like it's more important for you to do it even though he's more he's more invested and interested in it but um he knows it's important for me to to train so yeah
1: i want to go back real quick just to the police thing like what's your goal i mean you know everything's
0: like what's next right we've touched on that so you and i've had this conversation before it was like all right well I need to do something else. Like we talked about maybe doing like the full Ironman. And I think he would said to me like, well, did you ever think about going back to school? And I was like, no, I haven't, but I probably should. I haven't been in school in 14 years. So um, I just enrolled and paid for class yesterday. So I'll be going back to school next Monday. That's great. Um, so just trying to do, grow.
1: For doing what, or what are you going back for?
0: Admin of justice. So Wellington? Yes.
1: Master's degree, obviously. Yes. That's so great. I have a
0: sport management degree. So just long term goal, set myself up for the future. Like we said. Everything is six months out. Like you're not planning for tomorrow. Like your plan for tomorrow was should have been arranged already. Like now you're just kinda of going through the movements. But now like forward thinking, career wise. Um I'm not the greatest test taker. I have street smarts. Um and now it's just lining myself up for the future. I will just make twenty years with county. So now it's like, all right, well, what am I going to do after that? So, yeah,
1: it's almost a. I, I see it as a blessing that you can only do twenty years with the county because if there's things you want to do, like you're going to have to get on it. You can't. Right. You're not going to be able to do thirty three years like some guys can. You know what I mean? Like, so if there's some things you want to do, like you're going to have to, you know, focus on that and get it done because twenty years flies by i mean yeah, I like
0: you, yeah you said putting yourself in a hole it's like uh, here we go what am i gonna like, yeah shit's about to get real now
1: yeah exactly that's awesome you signed up for school though i didn't know that mm. very cool are you nervous
0: no which is <laughs> i am but i'm not because i think i'm um, you just have to attack it yeah like you it's done like you have no choice it's just like the academy you're there like well now i'm gonna make the best of it like i'm yep. gonna try to when you're in school, uh, bachelor's degree, it's a, like you're just—I don't know—you're in college. There's not really. you're No,
1: nah, you'll crush it. I mean, so. typically, if Wilmington's anything like, uh, Newman where I went for my master's, like you basically write a paper a week and do a discussion board, and it's really not that big of a deal. You'll you'll crush it. Yeah, yeah.
0: mindset's a little different now that you have kids and you're adult and more mature so it makes it I'm easier curious. i think
1: i think yeah. it makes it easier because just like with working out or going jiu-jitsu like you got to get it done right you don't have an option correct you don't have nine hours in the day for a free time you know what i mean like you might have 45 minutes so you, you better crush that assignment and just get it done right or when you're on midnights or something like trying to work ahead or whatever was there anything you had written down there that you want to talk about that we haven't already
0: now this goes like back to like the very beginning as far as um, like CrossFit and everything. Another reason I think why I'm so like influenced by CrossFit is you meet so many different people. Um, same thing with jiu-jitsu or even going to the gym. But it's not – like when you go to a gym, whether it's LA Fitness or Planet Fitness, you're going in there, you're working out. You're probably – unless you're going there with a buddy, you're probably not going to stop and talk to anyone. No one really does that anymore. Yeah. Um, CrossFit's more intimate, so you really know the people you're working out with. So you could be working out with a teacher, a nurse, someone who has, like, someone who's battling cancer, and now it's their first day back in the gym, um, majors and lieutenants and captains. So you want to surround yourself with those people, and I think that's what really got me into, like, setting goals up and just attacking them. Because you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So if you're surrounding yourself with losers, you're probably going to be a loser. And if you surround yourself with some badass people, your goal is to become a badass. So um, I think really that's what has helped shape my life and why I am where I am today because of my fitness and that sort of background.
1: Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, you're absolutely right. And you need to surround yourself with people who are better than you. And you need to, like this, The when I started this podcast, it was, part of it was to do something new. But also, it gives me an excuse to talk to interesting people. You know what I mean? Like everybody I've had on for the most part is similar to you in the sense of like doing a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like I'm starting to see that now. Like in order to be successful... And successful is different for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, a, a Success is, is definitely a uh, very intricate term where success looks different between you and I. But uh, just look at Brian Grant or Kevin Green or all Brian. those guys like um, Jen Boyleau Just And
0: they're the most down-to-earth people who are willing to help you yeah. with everything. So you want to surround yourself with those people because they work in different areas. So, But they're going to be helpful to you and, and help you out and look after you, like like Brian Grant sends an email and all these trainings are now available. Like you'd be stupid not to take, take those opportunities to train. So, and that's another thing. Um, something that's always, I guess on FTO, FTO, like I have guys who are younger than me trying to give me and shape me to be a great police officer. But at the same time, it's me talking to them about their life and how they can get through things or if they're testing for something, whether it be the SWAT test or a different agency's PT test because they want to better themselves. I was like, all right, well, how can I help you? Like I have that background of uh, strength and nutrition and life skills. Um, so for trainings, like a lot of people with training here, if they don't get it, they might use that as an excuse or say like, well, I didn't get this training. Like, then they're just going to be an angry patrol officer, angry because someone else didn't give them the training. Well, if you want the training and you want something, go get it. Like, don't ever allow someone else to dictate your path. If you see something and you want it and it's important to you, you'll figure out a way to go get it. So I guess. Um,
1: don't make excuses. Exactly. Go get it done.
0: If you want it, go get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Don't let other people dictate what you want to do.
0: So if there's something out there and your superior might not allow you to do that, but you're able to do that, then go do it. Like you don't have a reason not to. If you're bettering yourself, go out there, work the overtime jobs, go out there and make it happen so that you can be that person you want to be in five years from now. Mm -hmm. Don't say, well, they didn't give me that training. So now I'm just, I'm not, not going to put in for trainings anymore because I didn't get that one. Not how it works. Like
1: Yeah. And then you're just gonna be grumpy and you're gonna be miserable. Right. Yeah, you are in charge of your own destiny. Correct. I think I brought this up with Jeff McGuire maybe, a book, uh, the ten X rule. But more or less it just says, you know, whatever you're striving for in life, whatever you want to do financially, career wise, relationships, all that. Just whatever you think you want, just multiply by ten and go after that like set your standards so high like just be crazy right be crazy get out notebook write down a 100 things that you never thought you would ever have but just write it down right and then go for it Mm -hmm. why not because
0: even if you don't hit that you still have achieved more than you thought you would have exactly which is still success so
1: yeah and what's the other option the other option is to be a bum, as I always say. Be a bum and sit down and watch TV and whatever. If that makes you happy, then go for it. I'm going to try and go crush life. Exactly. Yeah. What do you want people to take away from our conversation?
0: You're never too old to learn something. It's And always have that what's next. Like, don't be average. Don't settle. And just get after it. Be a force to be reckoned with.
1: I like it. Let's end it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. See you. All right, so that wraps up episode number eight with Miss Lauren Orescovich. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I definitely took away a couple of things, things and getting a chance to sit down with Lauren. Like she just said, be a force to be reckoned with, right? Because what's the other option? Why not just take a chance? Go after some things and seek discomfort. I really like that. You know, we talked about that for a little bit, but hey, whatever goal you're going for, there's going to be some friction involved. You're going to have to work towards some things, so get out there, get after it, And as always, if you learn something, share something. Thank you.